In the coming months, let's see where else we can make progress together. Let's make this a year of action. That's what most Americans want, for all of us in this chamber to focus on their lives, their hopes, their aspirations. Welcome to episode 12 of Achieve Great Things. This week we're talking to three women who just recently made the switch from advertising to Start Hatching, which is a marketplace that brings freelancers to nonprofits. Um, they were inspired to bring the smarts and thinking that um, creatives and writers and editors and, and other professionals can bring to nonprofits who really need the help and who are doing great things. So we're excited to talk to them. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Please keep the feedback coming. We want to hear what you think, um, guest recommendations, show ideas, etc. You can reach us at podcast.hadaway.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all back here next week. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Claire, Rachel, and Kristen from Start Hatching. Thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having us. We're excited. I think um, we appreciate you reaching out and and connecting. I'm glad you found the podcast, and we're happy to have you guys on. Um, Does one of you or or the three of you want to just tell us a little bit about Start Hatching, how it came together, and what you all are up to? Sure. Um, So I'm Rachel. Uh, We basically, you know, long story short, Claire, Kristen, and I used to work in advertising together. Um, So communications was kind of our entire life. And uh, last year, it sort of reached a certain point where, um, you know, we were working on stuff, but just not feeling entirely fulfilled by it. Um, We were also surrounded by a lot of really, really smart people who were just, to us, you know, not given the opportunity necessarily to solve more important problems than they were currently working on. Um, and that's kind of how the company was born. And um, I come from a freelance background myself, and I used to help a couple of LGBT nonprofits here in New York on the side doing photography and website design and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I was finding that on the current freelance platforms, there really wasn't an opportunity to connect with nonprofits or really like the social sector in general. Um, and so then, you know, we sort of set out to build it last summer and just judging by the response from freelancers who are just really excited and, and wanting to work on causes that they care about and nonprofits who are, you know, constantly looking for an extra set of hands and, and really need help in those areas. Um, it made sense. And that kind of brings us to here where, um, uh, you know, we're about to take the site out of beta and do a relaunch in the next, um, month or two. And Kristen can go more into that later. Um, and just really take things to the next level and make sure that, you know, we're able to provide and, um, give nonprofits exactly what they need in terms of not just design or development pieces, but things outside of that, like fundraising and grant writing and a couple of the other skill sets that we know, um, you know, they need, they always need that extra set of hands for. Yeah. And I think we try to take, you know, the theme of wanting to help, you know, nonprofits in the world, even in our business model, you know, there's no fee to sign up, no fee to post projects everything we build, we're building, you know, listening to our nonprofits and figuring out exactly what they need and how can we help. You know, I think we heard a horror story this past summer of a nonprofit that got a pro bono logo and, you know, realized that it was a stolen image that they'd been using and they put on every, you know, every piece of media across their website and all their printed pieces, everything like that. And, you know, we're trying to help them have other options other than pro bono or expensive agencies. And I think that's why, you know, we built Start Hatching. Nice. And so for a, for a nonprofit or, um, 
or an organization that that wants your help what what's the process like and and what all um you mentioned a couple rachel mentioned a couple of things you do but tell us a little bit about sort of the services you all are offering so we're building a platform that allows nonprofits to get the help they need um in whatever way they want we are making it so that they can access the marketplace and post a project. Um, we lead them through the posting process with enough handholding so that they understand exactly what a freelancer might need in order to make the commitment to their project, while also allowing them to educate themselves so that they can continue to find the best talent ongoing. Um, and what's really important to us is sustainability. So coaching both sides of the marketplace through that relationship so that they can continue to work together and we can all continue to make an impact. Um, yeah. And I, I think for us too, you know, like we wanted to make it as easy as humanly possible. So like we're seeing a lot of nonprofits that reach out on listservs um, or in Facebook groups or even like Craigslist, things like that, who are looking for an extra set of hands. And we really wanted to make sure that the process with us in terms of signing up and registering your organization and then just creating like, oh, I need a new website or I need a new graphic designer um, was as easy and quick as sending out an email to their inner circle and just making sure that we're expanding that accessibility to um, a lot of the talent because we're, we are finding too that there are a lot of nonprofits out in, you know, Kansas and Oklahoma and the middle of the country that don't have access to a huge pool of, of creative talent and making sure that they get connected to someone in like New York City who just absolutely loves their cause and wants to um, do work for them has been a really cool experience for us. So when basically when a nonprofit signs up, which takes a few minutes or less, um, they can post a project, um, which also just takes a few minutes or less. And then within the day, within, within hours, you know, they start receiving applications from our network of freelancers that get a notification with a project that is looking for their skills and their, and their passion for the cause on our site. So it's, you know, one of our marks of success is eliminating that time between the project post and getting someone who really cares about your project and has the, the skills to help you execute it. Yeah, I'm trying to make, you know, an action that should be easy and is not easy for either side of the market more accessible for both, for the freelancer and the nonprofit, which, you know, is, is pretty much our goal. Nice. So let's go. We're, I want to talk a little bit about sort of lessons learned. I mean, it's interesting because you all sounds like felt compelled to to do more mission driven work last year. And then um, obviously the, the last 12 months has been pretty crazy in terms of the, you know, the mission driven space to 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 leave it vague. But um, I'm sure you've, you all have learned a lot since you made the transition. And I just wondering like from a communications perspective what have you learned over the past year what have been the most most interesting things you've learned so i think for us first and foremost you know we don't come from the nonprofit sector it's like to be very upfront we don't we come from advertising and i think the first thing that we set out to do was do sort of that listening tour right is to really start to understand our, our audience the Hillary and, Clinton yeah, listening tour. yeah that's what we call it <laughs> um but really start to understand our audience and, and sort of understand how the nonprofit space works what are the barriers right now what are sort of like the headaches that they face and that's really bled into a lot of our communications in terms of how we speak to and and communicate with nonprofits um I think a lot of for-profits tend to enter the sector and start 
pointing fingers and telling them what they need to do. And, and, um, you know, I think most nonprofits know like, Oh, it would be great if we had a new website, but we just want somebody who can help us get that done rather than sort of being told that. So make sure that, um, you know, a big piece of our communication is making sure that we're listening first and really just, um, digesting what those issues are and not immediately jumping to conclusions. Um, because there are a lot of stigmas that float around in the space and people that come, they don't come from the nonprofit side. Uh, they really don't understand what that's like to work in an organization like that. And, um, you know, that was like one of the biggest, most important things for us. So we always make sure that we're never condescending. You know, we never talk down to people. I think the nonprofit sector tends to get this like tone of pity that comes at them that I, I really can't understand, honestly. And um, for us, we wanted to make sure that we were always being super respectful and understanding their needs first without you know, storming in, coming from advertising and telling them, like, we know exactly what you need, because that would have been just a huge mistake. (laughs) And that's why another thing that sets us apart is, you know, not only connecting by, obviously, skill, time, and availability, but connecting by common belief and making sure that the freelancer and nonprofit that is paired together um, are starting from a point of mutual understanding of something that they want to help overcome um, and we help to make that tangible by allowing them to connect and, and change the world one project at a time. There's been a little bit of a miscommunication between nonprofits and freelancers. You know, there's not really a space that talks about nonprofit creative advertising. So that's another thing we want to tackle. You know, we're, we put out a biweekly newsletter if you sign up for it. And, and we keep both of our nonprofits and our freelancers on there. We don't want to separate it out. And we're including content that you know, it might be a really great social good campaign that re- recently came out to, you know, tips on, you know, how to create a better, you know, contract campaign to highlighting the different organizations or freelancers on yeah. our site, you know, kind of bring these two worlds that are so separate and have a hard time communicating with each other because their language is just so different together into this one, you know, amazing social good creative community. Yeah. They're both sides of the marketplace are super, they're more similar than they know. They're both really scrappy, you know, when they're so similar, you know, it's like jobs by Google, you know, and, and jobs by, you know, crowdsourcing the knowledge they need to get good work done. You know, both sides are doing that and we're, you know, allowing them to learn as they go to get the best work they need right now. A lot of it aligns with, with the work that we do. We'll obviously link to the to your site so people can can read more and learn more. Building on some of the stuff you said, what what do you all see as some of the biggest challenges or opportunities for communicators um, in this in this communication, political advocacy environment? I mean it's it starts with knowing I feel like what not to say and figuring out where the I, you know, how do we spark conversation? Um, how do we spark open conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, in what contexts can yeah. you do that? You know, what mediums is yeah. it, is it best to, to lead? Um, I think too, you know, it's, what's interesting about the nonprofit sector in general is that they're solving our hardest problems, right? Like they're solving really complicated, nuanced problems that aren't easily digestible in like a tweet but that's what's sort of expected now today you're expected to be able to boil all of your communication down to like 140 characters um and i think you know for nonprofits, like that can be really tough for them because there are a lot of layers that 
go into what exactly that they're doing and how they kind of explain that. And so one of the biggest things I think that we've learned and that we're hearing from nonprofits is in terms of communication, like helping to sort of simplify that without oversimplifying it. Um, and that means, you know, making sure that it's digestible in a way that people can actually feel like they can do something about it. And I think that, you know, as a nonprofit, that's probably from a communication standpoint, one of your most, you know, that's one of your hardest barriers. It's taking something like hunger or poverty and boiling it down to something that I, as just like a person who lives a life in America and doesn't directly see or struggle with that every day, I can relate to it. And then I can relate to it on a level in which I want to actually do something about it. So I think for us, in terms of like communication, especially on the nonprofit side, um, that's been a big thing that we write about, that we talk about, um, you know, how do you take something that is as complicated as, you know, starving children and digest, like, like present it to the general public in a way that um, can yeah. make them understand and, and really feel like they can make an impact on that. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of pressure on nonprofits too, too put together these huge campaigns, you know, part of the resistance and, you know, really stand up for this, you know, anti-Trump, you know, uh, group of people. But there's a huge barrier there, resources. And a big part of that is their budgets. You know, they don't have budgets to spend $3 million on, you know, wrapping a subway car. <laughs> their names, you know, and that's how every other for-profit company is able to get the PR they need or get the um, eyeballs on their website to lead to donations to, you know, X, whatever whatever it is. Right. Nonprofits have a huge barrier because they don't have the budgets. And most of all, they don't have the resources to plan out a huge campaign like that. And they can't afford agencies that do that. So I think there is a lot of pressure on these organizations to uh, kind of fight with us or, you know, be our advocates, you know, in this time that we feel like, you know, we're, we're hopeless with this current government. Um, so, you know, our, our hope is to make their lives a little bit easier by being able to find that designer they need to execute on that printed material campaign for their next gala. Things even as small as that to large scale campaigns that they might be putting together a, a video that they, you know, want to feature in a few places, um, yeah. you know, all types of small scale projects that are hard to execute on, but making it possible for them. I think in a good way too, the political climate has drawn a lot of attention to the sector that is important and that people are starting to realize, you know, not to make this entirely political, but when you look at what's happening right now and, and you look at the biggest force fighting this administration, um, or the biggest force getting the most attention is the ACLU the ACLU is a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So we rely on these organizations to stand up for us to, you know, tackle our biggest problems like civil rights. And, uh, you know, I think the irony of it and what we started, started to realize over the last year is we rely on these organizations for really hard problems, but we don't give them yeah. what they need we to, to them get on the hands and they spend yeah. too much money. You know, yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> you know, it's just been insane, but you can see, I think too, like from a more, on a more positive note, when we saw in terms of like political climate, what was going on and how we saw so many people standing up. I mean, the ACLU has like quadrupled their, their base in the last like four months. And they got into Y Combinator, which is a, a really big startup accelerator yeah. Yeah. in San Francisco, which um, it's amazing seeing these worlds yeah. alive. But you know, for better or for worse, like heads are turning. And for that matter, like we are actually physically watching people who have never been advocates before or activists before, stand up and want to do something about it. And I think that's been really inspiring for us on that level.
Yeah, there's there's a lot to to um, those responses. I mean, there's the you know nonprofit sort of capacity and expertise problem, which we've seen from a storytelling perspective with a, a project called Hatch for Good. Do you all see because you're from the advertising field that you, there's more pressure on you or or more expectations that you can kind of you know whip something up that does break through given the constraints that that you've um, pointed out? Well, there's a lot of pressure on big box brands to involve themselves or to have a piece of their marketing that is conscious, which is great to see. Um, I think the challenge is finding a way to uplift um, these smaller nonprofits, the medium Mm -hmm. scale nonprofits that Mm -hmm. also need help. Um, How do we help them, you know, not compete with these big box brands um, giving attention to, you know, you know, whichever a cause might align with what they're selling. But, you know, the, just the people really trying to make an impact every single day on on their community. What tools can we give them um, to help them kind of create their own, you know, their own voice? Yeah. yeah. And I would say that, you know, for us, we're going to practice what we preach. When we're launching any campaigns for our freelancers, our nonprofits, we're going to be using our freelancers. We want this community of social good creatives to, you know, be the heart behind our brand. And, you know, of course, there's a level of expectation. You know, we've been working with large clients with multi-million dollar budgets in the past, and now everything is completely changed, you know, thanks to uh, this kind of new community that we found. But... our freelancers are incredibly talented. Every single one, I look at their resume and I'm like, I cannot believe they signed up for our site. Cause cause marketing (laughs) is not a trend to the social sector. (laughs) We'll be lucky to be using our own freelancers. that will also be working with our nonprofits to, you know, help create our brand as we grow. You know, we're just in beta right now. Of course, we'll be launching a new website in about a month. And that's when we'll really be concentrating on, you know, kind of building up our brand and, you know, building out things specifically for our nonprofits that um, can help them, you know, whether it's thought leadership content or, you know, tools on site that might make their lives a little bit easier. And that's why the word sustainable is so important to us. It's about sustaining the, you know, the ability to make a living off of doing good and to help the people who are dedicating their lives to doing good um, making sure that they they have access to that talent um, beyond you know the death of whatever trend is, is kind of occurring in with the big box brands. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, um, what you've mentioned a couple of these, but what are some of the promising things that you've seen in terms of nonprofit communications in this new new era? Um, not necessarily individual organizations, but just some of the trends you've seen with with organizations. You mentioned the passion that individual people are kind of bringing, and um, from our perspective, we've seen a lot of our clients still kind of trying to figure things out. So it's maybe it's a little early for you know observations of people who are doing this well or or cases that you've seen work. But would love to hear any kind of encouraging signs that you've seen. Um, I would before my life uh, as as <laughs> at, at Hatch, I I was a social and digital strategist, and so that I I love seeing the interesting and unique ways that these nonprofits are using new social platforms to communicate their message. I've seen a bunch of really interesting uses of 
of stories, um, Instagram stories, in order to show the on-site work. Um, you know, a lot of these organizations that maybe work with refugees would have to wait to report and, and post to social in a more polished form. But now they can really get to the heart of their message and what they're doing by posting on these like live broadcasts. And I think that's a really smart way to leverage a new tool in a way that is actually going to help increase donations and, and drive to site. Yeah, I think too, you know, again, like coming from that background advertising, the whole, the whole socially conscious or corporate social responsibility has been a thing for a couple of years now. And it's definitely growing. I mean, I, you know, I worked on brands like Lysol, and at this point, you have a consumer who's standing in the aisle and looking at Clorox next to Lysol, and there's really no product difference there. And people are starting to wonder, or they want to know more, who they are as a brand and not necessarily um, what they make. And that is something that is growing, and that is something that I think was definitely catapulted with the current political climate. I mean, you know, you could talk about, like, the Pepsi flop, but we're, I don't want to go into that. But you can see, like... <laughs> Um, you can see like a lot of brands looking to do that. And I think one of the things that could help the current situation, I'm not sure if I have any examples off the top of my head is to, uh, I think it was Claire's point earlier, you know, the ACLU is obviously like a huge driving force, but there are so many local nonprofits that are fighting these battles as well. And I think for brands, if they really do want to do this and they want to do it right, they need to start asking and listening. Um, I think that it's really, really easy as a brand to have good intentions or want to join the conversation and have no idea how to approach that. And I think if more of those bigger brands approached, maybe to your point, some of the smaller, more mid-sized nonprofits who are trying to figure out like what exactly to do with all of this new sort of like attention and, and, um, and activism that's happening, I think those two partnerships could be really, really interesting and fruitful. And that sort of like leads back to what we do too, is connecting the two sides of the part of, or connecting both parties. Um, because I think they both bring something to the table that the other one lacks, you know, the nonprofit sector has amazing knowledge of the complexities and the nuances going on with these problems because they've been doing this for years. And a lot of these larger brands really want to get involved and they may um, have a better idea of, how to get attention and how to communicate those things and how to drive um, more traffic and donations. And I think if they can find better ways to work together and to not make it so much about themselves, the brands, I mean, um, then they could find that it could be really impactful. That in itself might be a big lift too, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you all are focused on it because that's something that we definitely have seen a lot in our work as well, um, particularly the last point you made about, you know, contributing more to the common, common good. Um, so just to, to wrap up here, what, what's one sort of insight or idea that you would leave people with that might allow people to, to do their communications work um, more effectively? Uh, you know, I think in my opinion, making sure that you're staying open and you're talking to people with other expertises and other beliefs and other, you know, uh, ideals than you so that you can continue to learn from them, just like our freelancers and our nonprofits can learn so much from each other. Yeah, I think for me, it would be, again, just coming back to, you know, figuring out how to take your really complicated problem and, and make it something that's relatable and digestible to to the everyday person um, and just allow them to feel like they can really make an impact or take an action to, to help move that forward. Yeah. And I think lastly, don't be afraid to crowdsource the knowledge that you don't have. We do that on a daily basis. There are lots of 
you know, Slack communities and online communities that you can access um, with questions about anything, you know, from I, I want to start a podcast because I think that would help drive donations or, you know, how do I create these uh, gala materials so that I can, um, you know, tell people about the heart of my problem. Yeah, there, there are people willing and, and passionate and wanting to help you solve those issues. There's a couple of, if you want to name a, like Progressive's Coder, Progressive Coders Network is a great resource. Yeah, Progressive Coders Network is a great resource. And basically just Slack. I'm, I'm a fangirl for Slack communities. I've, we've gotten help, you know, answer, answering our own questions there. Yeah, by that just meaning yeah. like joining groups and, and people who are already active in that space or people who are moving towards that space. Um, that's been a huge resource for us just joining those like hundreds of people that are in these channels um, that can answer questions that yeah, you might have. Maybe we'll put um, a link to a few of those groups um, in the in the notes here so people can check those out. Cause I think that's a really um, important and, and really actionable, um, you know, set of resources. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, sure. Of course. Cool. Um, well, this has been fun. You guys have a lot of um, knowledge and expertise, of course, and this was kind of just scratching the surface, but I'm glad that, that we got a chance to talk. It's um, exciting what you're doing and I think is providing, a, you know, filling a unique uh, unique need here. So thanks for all the work you do. Awesome. Thanks again for tuning in to Achieve Great Things. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes and give us a review there. Um, shoot us an email at podcast at hadaway.com if you have thoughts, suggestions, comments. Thank you very much for listening. See you next week. In the coming months, let's see where else we can make progress together. Let's make this a year of action. That's what most Americans want for all of us in this chamber to focus on their lives, their hopes, their aspirations. 